This is a very different way of looking at uh, world language for our district, at least. You know, to this point, we've looked at world language as definitely an endeavor for two years in high school, maybe four if you're one of those students who really likes it, maybe some world language at middle school. But as soon as you start talking about global competency, it doesn't become an if, it becomes, it becomes yes, we have to do that. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. And today's episode is the first in a series sharing conversations with ed leaders, students, and parents about what's next in language learning innovation. This podcast features a conversation Tom Vanderark had with Jim Detweiler, Assistant Superintendent at Boone County Schools in Kentucky, which serves 23,000 students in 24 schools located in an area that includes urban, suburban, and rural students. Boone County is working to help all of its students become globally competent citizens by providing all elementary schools in the district with global language learning. Tom recently spoke with Jim about this initiative in his district, so let's hear a bit more about the students and communities that Boone County serves and why global competence is a priority for this Kentucky district. Uh, Jim, today we're going to talk about language learning. Uh, Why is that a priority in Kentucky? Well, I think that, you know, Kentucky has taken the stance that we need to prepare our students for work and life in the 21st century. And anytime you have that conversation, you have to look at a certain measure of global competency. That's the term that we use. Um, you know, we look at, I think most people define it this way, but we have to ask the question, you know, what are the demands of a global workplace? And that would include students who have the disposition to inquire about the world around them, um, to understand multiple perspectives, to communicate, and then to take action, some kind of action to improve, uh, improve the world around them. So we're, we're not specifically talking about um, English as a second language, but let's, let's talk about that for a minute. I imagine in a, a metropolitan area um, like Boone County, you, you do have a lot of students new to the English language, right? Yeah, that's correct. In our district, on any given day, we have over 60 different languages that are spoken. Um, Not a huge population, but it is diverse. I think probably about 5% of our population are English language learners. And how, uh, when it comes to world languages and and global competence, um, is that part of the the graduate profile that your board has uh, adopted? Is, Is this a priority for them? It is. It's part of our five-year district strategic plan, which uh, runs through 2020. You know, at the center of the plan is college, career, and life ready. Um, We have three strategies that we use that we're using to reach that goal, which are student empowerment, world-class education, and resource optimization. And it's really the world-class education uh, where world language and global competency uh, come into the conversation. You know, we... uh, a lot of people talk about the four C's of the 21st century. We have 10 C's, actually, that our community identified. And in those 10 C's, we have cultural competence and communication included. So that would be the world language and the global competency. So it sounds like you had a community conversation about this. We did. We did. Um, Dr. Poe, who was our superintendent, has set out a very clear vision for the district where we need to be going uh, Dr. Karen Chesser, who's our deputy superintendent, had several, I dare say, over a dozen, maybe more community conversations trying to get stakeholder input when putting together the district strategic plan. And these are themes, these 10 C's were the themes that kept coming up, coming up 
when we talked about what the profile of a Boone County graduate would look like. And global competence is, um, is high on that list in, in terms of what your community expects of your schools? Absolutely. I think at the time they defined it as cultural competence, but communication is in there, collaboration, uh, compassion, all of those together really do point toward a globally competent student. Jim went on to explain how these efforts were tied to increasing community engagement for schools in the district, sharing some valuable advice Boone County received from Young Zhou, author of World Class Learners. He talks talked to us about, you know, what is the purpose of world language instruction? And one of the things he said is you need to look at your community and find out what languages are being spoken currently in the community and then make some decisions from there. So our largest populations of, of non-English speaking families would be Spanish or Hispanic and also Japanese. Um, we have uh, Toyota as an employer in our community, and so we have a lot of Japanese workers and families in the community. So we chose those two languages. Uh, most of the schools are doing Spanish as their language of choice, but we do have two elementary schools who have chosen to do Japanese. Oh, interesting. So they would pick um, one or the other and focus on that um, during their entire time at that uh, at that elementary? That's the current plan. Now, um, you know, so again, when we're talking about global competency, it's part of, it should be embedded in the school day. It should be embedded in, in every endeavor. It should be embedded in, in the different content areas that they're learning. So we thought from the beginning, as we get started, we wanted to choose one language for the elementary schools to focus and for the middle schools as well. Now, as we get more into this, I could foresee three, four, five years down the road, where we become better um, better users of online learning and personalized learning, right. maybe we would open that up. Uh, but while we are learning, and I will emphasize, we are learning together, we are trying to focus on the two languages that are spoken the most in our communities. All right, let's talk about your approach to uh, language acquisition. So when, when does that start? Well, this is the first year that we have had world language officially in every single one of our 14 elementary schools. So this year it's starting as early as kindergarten. And to be honest with you, um, I love watching all students learn, but I love going into the kindergarten classroom when they are learning language. We have, we have several dynamic world language teachers where they speak nothing but the world language in the classroom with those students. Now, I should say to you, Resource optimization, I mentioned that earlier, we can't afford to provide world language teachers where students would have world language direct instruction every other every day or every other day even. So at the elementary level, they see their world language teacher as part of their arts and humanities rotation once a week for probably 45, 50 minutes. And then to supplement that learning, um, we are using Rosetta Stone, an online platform, which would enhance the application and the learning of the world language. And Students in grades two through eight are using Rosetta Stone this year for that purpose. And um, so when, when would they use this online resource? Uh, how, how often and uh, for how long? So when we started talking about a model classroom at the elementary level for world language or global competency, we were looking at at least a bare minimum of 90 minutes of world language instruction per week. Um, using the combination of the direct instruction and the online platform, the Rosetta Stone. And we left it up to the 14 elementary schools to determine, based on their culture and their community, how that best works. 
So in many cases, it's a, it's a situation where the whole school stops maybe two or three times during the week and has 20 minutes of nothing but Rosetta Stone, which, as I said before, would enhance the direct instruction from the world language teacher once a week. Or it could be that some of the schools at the elementary level especially are using this as part of their English language arts small group instruction. At the middle school, it looks a little bit different. Uh, to this point, middle schools, when they offered world language, usually was part of a seven-week exploratory class. Um, but I know like of, of one of the one of the middle schools in particular, they've extended their sixth period so that all of their eighth graders every day would have 20 minutes on Rosetta Stone. So at the middle school, it really looks more like a personalized learning environment. Um, some of those students don't have any direct instruction right now in world language, but they are motivated and from the usage reports, we're seeing that they are using the Rosetta Stone and, and making progress. So if students start this in kindergarten, um, they could have uh, at least a moderate level of fluency by the time they reach the middle grades. Yes, that is, that is true. Um, the goal, our Board of Education goal and the goal that we set forth is that by leaving fifth grade, if a student has three or four years of world language, leaving fifth grade, we hope that they are at an inter intermediate level of competency in speaking that second language. And when we say intermediate competency, we're using the terminology used by the American Council for the Teaching of Foreign Language. We had to have a lot of discussion about this because at the very beginning, there, was, there were some people thinking that we were trying to create bilingual students, which is really not, really not the purpose or the goal. We want them to be able to function with a certain level of competency, but it's really about that, again, about the global competency and the global understanding. It'll, it'll be interesting um, two years from now when you have so many students uh, entering middle and high school with uh, at least an intermediate level of competence. It um, should create a wonderful problem for your high schools. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that a great problem? Great problem to have. Jim described how the district was transitioning 8th graders into high school language programs. So we said, why don't we allow them to choose one of the languages that the high school that they feed into is currently offering? It'll give them a chance to experiment to see if they like that language. Um, so my daughter, for instance, she's in eighth grade and she chose French. And I'm amazed just at her own innate motivation and her, her own interest about what it means to be a global citizen. Um, that is not something we'll offer this year because now we're into the strategic or next year because we're into the strategic plan and we want to really foster that idea of a community language. But as you said, it'll be interesting to see as these kids move through the years how that really enhances the language learning at the high school level. Um, so at the, uh, at the high school level, do you anticipate that you'll have uh, both the ability to take classes from world language teachers as well as online classes? I would dare say yes. I would say that that's what we're doing for all content area. We know in Boone County, we're really trying to open that up. If we can't offer it in real time with a with a person in front of you, you know, we're trying to open up our virtual options. Um, so that that is something I do foresee happening in, in the not so distant future. The idea that we should not ever have to say no to a student. If there's a student who says, I'd like to learn Russian, or I'd like to learn Chinese, or I'd like to learn whatever, we should be able to find some way in a personalized environment to make that happen. 
So it's exciting. It's uh, really just a couple years off that every graduate from uh, Boone County is going to have a uh, a great language experience and, and should leave with at least, uh, you know, intermediate level of, of competence and pretty good exposure to at least one uh, other culture, maybe maybe several. Yes, that that is the goal. And it really does open up a lot of different opportunities for the students. You know, as they, it, it's really amazing to watch students who are really, incur, uh, really uh, motivated to learn a language and really interested about the world around them and ask more questions because they can understand more through the language that they're learning. It's remarkable, really. That is, uh, that's exciting. Any thoughts about uh, complementing this with travel? <laughs> we have. We've talked about this, you know, pie in the sky. Um you know, one thing I should mention, too, is that we are offering the Rosetta Stone platform for our teachers, too, because, again, we want to be a community of language learners. So, ideally, our teachers are learning the same language that their school has chosen for the students. So, if I'm in a, a school that chose Japanese, I'm a teacher, I want to learn Japanese, too. I have Rosetta Stone to do that. So we talked about what kind of incentives can we provide teachers, even, um, for learning this on their own time. And we talked about what it would be like if we took trips to um, Japan or took trips to Spain for uh, teachers and students who showed a certain level of proficiency. Now, I have to be clear, that's nowhere. I don't think the board has really talked about that, and I know that that's not something that's written on paper as part of a goal. But again, it's something that we dream about, something that we will say out loud that's something we want to look for. Now, that's really exciting. We, we've run into a few schools that are... Uh trying to use uh, travel-based learning as a way to reinforce uh, global competence. So who knows, Jim, um, maybe in uh, a year or two you'll be able to use virtual reality so that uh, all kids get rich cultural experiences uh, on a weekly basis. No, I believe that. That's a great, that's a great vision. Uh, Jim, one thing that we've seen in other districts is that um, world language can be an interesting uh, lead subject when it comes to blended and competency-based learning. Uh, we're so used to thinking about language fluency and measuring that and uh, allowing kids to progress as they demonstrate mastery. It, it's, uh, it's an interesting environment to think about leading with on, uh, on competency-based learning. Uh, absolutely, you're right. You, you must have visited our, our uh, leadership meetings in the last couple of days. Uh, you know, we are having that conversation in this community right now about standards-based and competency-based learning, what that is. And we have some middle schools who are really pioneers in that area and a, a few pockets of high school teachers who are uh, dabbling uh, in it as well. Um, in fact, we have a board workshop this week where we are talking about grading practices and not so much the letter grade but really looking at the future in the next two to three, four years, really hitting competency-based hard. So you're right. I could see world language as being a window to that because of just the nature of, of how you learn right. a language, the way well, that you measure competency. Well, now all 14 of your elementary schools are really going to be uh, global competency laboratories where, where you'll see kids progressing at, uh, at different levels. So I... I think it'll advance your district conversation on, on competency-based learning. I think you're right. In his final thoughts, Jim went on to paint an optimistic picture of the future of language learning in his district. 
you know, this is a very different way of looking at uh, world language for our district, at least. You know, to this point, we've looked at world language as definitely an endeavor for two years in high school, maybe four if you're one of those students who really likes it, maybe some world language at middle school. But as soon as you start talking about global competency, it doesn't become an if, it becomes it becomes, yes, we have to do that. I mean, that's part of the global competency. But because it is transformative change, it takes time. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, does everybody understand the why behind this? Does everybody understand what global competency is? Does everybody understand what blended learning is? Does everybody understand what personalized learning is? These are conversations that we constantly have to have, especially in a large district with so many teachers. Um, But it's a great opportunity and it's very exciting. Well, we we really appreciate the work that Boone County is doing. Um, you guys have been a, an innovator, and we appreciate the way you're working with other districts. Um, we appreciate your uh, your time, and um, thanks for sharing your experience on uh, language acquisition with us, Jim. Oh, well, thanks, Tom. That's how we learn too, learning from other districts and watching what others are doing, and then seeing if we can provide. The best, the best that we can for our students. So thanks for having me today. This podcast is part of a series sponsored by Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone Language Learning Suite for K-12 provides flexible e-learning solutions that are easily integrated with the teacher's in-class instruction. Its solutions are designed for all proficiency levels to fit students' learning needs, from blank slate students with limited exposure to new languages to those building intermediate and advanced level language skills for college and career. For more, visit rosettastone.com and follow them on Twitter at rosettastoneed. Interested in learning more about global competency? Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes and find Season 2, Episode 31, where David Young, CEO of Participate, chats about building global competencies. While you're there, subscribe and rate us. And for more on all things innovations and learning, be sure to check out our blog at gettingsmart.com. Thanks to Jim Detweiler for speaking with us today, to Tom Vanderark for another great interview, and to Eric Day for producing this podcast with support from Andrew Luck, as well as joining me for the first time to help host. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Kat and Eric signing off. Mm-hmm.